I'll give you just a moment. I hear you turning. Watch. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and he said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? Now, what in the world is he talking about? His heart is sore troubled for this thing. Well, what is this thing? I'll tell you what this thing is. We didn't read the first 10 verses. Here's this thing. Syria is trying to attack. They have, they have Israel held captive from the perimeters, if you will. And the king of Syria is trying to find avenue to attack them. But it seems that every time he goes and positions his army somewhere... The armies of Israel are one step ahead. They seem to be able to just avoid him. His plans seem to be laid out. And so the king of Syria is thinking, you know what? They've got somebody on the inside here. There's some spy in Syria that's working for Israel. And that's where he asked the question, Will you show me which one of us is for the king of Israel? Somebody here is telling Israel what's going on. I can't seem to defeat them. I can't seem to find a way to destroy them. I can't seem to find a way to gain the upper hand. It can only mean that there is a spy among us. That's what he's asking. And the, the people of his court that he's talking to, he's saying, which one of us, or let's find out. Show me who it is. You ever felt like somebody was spying on you? Don't raise your hand. I've had people think I was spying on them before. I really don't. Verse 12. And one of his servants said, None or no one, my Lord. O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, he tells the king of Israel, the words that you speak in your bedroom. Bedchamber, right? It's his bedroom. That would have been a very private place. Isn't that beautiful? I'm going to start taking this coat off before I ever start because it only lasts about two minutes. His servant says, Lord, there's no spy here. But there's a man of God with Israel. And he's a prophet of God. And we know you can say something in the quietest, most secretive, most intimate corner where it would seem nobody's listening. But I'm telling you, O king, this prophet, he knows the words you're saying in that private place. And he's going and he's telling the king of Israel. You know what's beautiful about this to me? Sometimes we just don't believe that God can work that way. But even the heathen king, look at the next verse, 13. And he said, go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, behold, he is in Dothan. You see what just happened there? A heathen king believed that God could do what he was just told. And we struggle to believe God can do something like this. Even the heathen king recognized that would explain it. The reason I just can't get ahead. God's working out for them. Let's go capture the prophet. I mean, it sounds sort of nice. Send and fetch him. Like, go get him and have him come here. Oh, no, no. He wanted to take him captive. Watch, verse 14. Therefore, the king sent horses and chariots and a great host. How, how many people is he going to get? The king, the, the heathen king, he sent horses, chariots, a great host. That's an army. And just to be secretive, they came by night. They didn't want to be seen. How many, how many people are they going to get? 
Doesn't this seem like a little bit of overkill? I would to God some of you would realize how the enemy views one child of God in relationship with God. If you could get a revelation of the power you have in a closet of prayer, if you could get a revelation of the power that you have with God when you submit yourself to His will, when you give yourself fully to His leading and instruction, I promise you, the heathen doesn't just go, oh, one-on-one, we can handle this. But the heathen recognize we better not just send one person after Him. Clearly, this man has power with God. Get the horses, get the chariots. Get the army and just to not just to risk avoiding getting seen, go by night and get set up. So you one man, one man. Why? Because one man had authority with God and even a heathen king understood it. Somebody hear me this morning. The heaven of heavens knows the authority of God that works in your life. When you give yourself wholly to the will of God and a place of prayer and a place of fellowship and communion. And I would that the revelation of the Spirit of God would come upon you to recognize heathen kings shake and tremble. The spirit world trembles when one man or woman of God gets postured in right relationship with God. We think too little of our God and His ability to use us. He was clearly this prophet of the Lord. You know what the issue was? The enemy had plans. And this child of God was adversely affecting the enemy's plans. This one man of God, hearing from God and speaking the word of God, was adversely affecting an entire nation's plans against the people of God. I'm just trusting this is getting in your spirit. One man with God was affecting an entire nation's efforts and ability to affect the people of God, contrary to the will of God. Don't think one is not enough. Don't believe for a minute you don't have power with God. If you and I can die to ourselves, build an altar and purpose communion and fellowship and finding the mind of God, I'm telling you we can change the course of a nation. It just takes one man or woman recognizing who they are under the anointing and demonstration of the power and spirit of God. I believe what I'm telling you from the word this morning. I woke up, was praying. It's been in my heart the last couple of weeks. Maybe you've seen it in the news. Maybe you've read it. I don't know what you read and listen to. But there is in our city, the they're calling it the Young Jalisco Cartel. They've made inroads into Yakima and they're continuing to work through the Yakima Valley. I don't know about you, but it stirs up something in my spirit when I pray. I can drive down the street and see young men and young women already getting pulled into bondage by the God of this world, deceived by the allure of money and weapons and drugs and what it can do and this sense of power that it comes from the adversary. This deception to bring them into bondage and the desire of the adversary to destroy their life. And I just believe because I'm a child of God filled with the very Spirit of God that I can go to a place of prayer as I have even early this morning and begin to cry out and come against the very Spirit of that nation, that 
place in Mexico of Jalisco where the start and the root of it is and come against it by the Word of God and the power of prayer and say in the name of Jesus, let its source be cut off. In the name of Jesus, let its avenues cease. I would to God that somebody would lay hold on how He can use you in prayer. I would to God we'd shake ourselves from a place of slumber. I cried out to the Lord and I declared, God, this is my city. This is my valley. You've called me here. You've placed me here. I will not be idle. I will not stand by. I'll not be complacent and go through the motions. But I'll get in a place with you and I'll come against the kingdoms of darkness by the authority of the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Would someone hear me today? There is a beckoning call of the Spirit to recognize who you are in Him. To wait on the Lord and speak the word of faith. To pray with an unction from the Holy One. You can change the course of a nation. You say that's arrogant of you. Oh no, I know who my God is. I know who my God is. And I refuse to believe for a moment that the God of this world is greater than my God. I refuse because I know better. I've seen Him work. I've seen Him move. I've seen Him operate. I've seen Him break bonds that seemed unbreakable. I've seen Him deliver lives that seemed undeliverable. Someone hear the Word of the Lord this morning. I don't care what the adversary's plotting. I can talk to God and He can change the plans of the adversary and make them come to naught. cried out to God for 270,000 souls throughout this valley. Somebody needs to get a glimpse and get a vision, a kingdom vision, why you're placed here. If you're in these valleys, you either determine I'm here just because that's the way life happened or you determine I'm here because God ordained it. I'm here because God said this is where I'm planting you. I'm here because God has a destiny and a direction set up on my heart. And because He's done so, I'll not get so wrapped up in the cares of this life that I dismiss the heavenly calling. I'll not get so wrapped up in the things of this world that I dismiss my place and my purpose and my function in the body of Christ. I will walk in the destiny and the calling of God that sets upon me. I will speak to the adversary. I'll speak to the mountain to be removed. I'll speak under the authority of the Holy Ghost. I would that the Spirit of God would arrest you today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We have the ability to adversely affect the plans of the enemy. I'm going to say that again. We have the ability to adversely affect the plans of the enemy. I'm done looking and going, oh, this is terrible. What can we do? Oh, this is hopeless. What can we do? I know what I can do. I can go to a place of prayer where I have power with God. And all the earth has to stand at attention. Not for me, but for Him. Every element of the spirit world must respond to the Spirit of God that oversees it all. There is no power given but by God. The powers that be, they are ordained of God. In Jesus' name. I don't even know what verse I'm on. Thank God for screens. He sent horses, chariots, a great host. They came by night and compassed the sea. The adversary will always try to use numbers to bring fear. Numbers to make you think he's greater. Stop focusing on the adversary. Focus on the greatness of God. Is anything too hard for God? Nothing is too hard. Nothing is too hard. Nothing is too hard. Verse 15. 
And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host come past the city with horses and chariots. And his servant runs back in and says to him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? What shall we do? Verse 16. And he answered. Fear not. For they that be with us. Are more than they. That be with them. Did you catch that? Notice he did not say. They that be with us are more than them. He said, they that be with us are more than they. He was not walking in the natural. He was walking in the spiritual. And he knew the spiritual world that is with us is more than the spiritual world that is with them. Don't be afraid. There's more of us. Some of you, many of you, do you think for a moment that you're going to spend a week in prayer and fasting and then continue to dedicate and consecrate yourself in different ways? And then you're going to come out of that and life's going to be rosy and peachy and there's no problem. Oh, but Lord, I fasted. I thought that would make everything perfect. You know what it did? It declared war on the adversary. And so... Some of you, I, I know, I haven't, I haven't even talked to you, I just know. Because the Lord's knit us together and we know. Some of you since that week of fasting, you're like, dear Lord, I'm facing more junk. I'm fighting battles. What in the world's going on? How, why am I now dealing with this? Why am I now dealing with that? I'll tell you why. Because you came against the stronghold of the adversary when you consecrated yourself, when you submitted yourself, when you humbled yourself, and you begin to pray, and you came against the thing, you begin to break yokes, and the adversary said, hold on, I've got to raise up an offensive. I've got to try to stop what's taking place. But I'm here to declare to you, they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Don't be dismayed. Don't despair. Don't stop fighting. God is on your side. If you'll get a revelation and an understanding from His Word, the battle is simply an indicator. You're heading the right direction. If there's no resistance, it usually means you're running from the enemy. You say, are you looking for a fight? Nope, but I'm not backing down if one comes. Why? Because the weapons of my warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty through God. You need a revelation. We need a fresh revelation. There is an anointing coming upon the church of the living God to those who will receive it. And God says, there may have been a time to weep, but now there's a time to war. There may have been a time to cry, but now there's a time to shout. There may have been a time to be weary, but I'm going to strengthen your hands. I'm going to strengthen your hands. The scripture is clear. It says this. It is the Lord that teaches our hands to war. There's a beckoning call. I hear a word of faith from the throne of God that says, They that be with us are more than they that be with them. Second Chronicles, man, I'm hurrying. Time moves quickly. Second Chronicles chapter 32. Oh, I should have kept reading that. Go to verse 17 while everybody else is turning there. Where you're at already in 2 Kings. Go to verse 17. And Elisha prayed. Notice. They that be with us are more than they be with them. Then Elisha prayed. 
See, you got to declare a word of faith and then you got to get in a place of prayer. Elisha prayed and he said, Lord, I pray you open his eyes. I've been praying that for us. God, anoint our eyes to see. Jesus told Nicodemus, if any man is born again, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, when you're born again of the Spirit, if you'll stay tuned in, plugged in, connected to the Spirit of God through prayer and His Word and humbling yourself, you will see things that you do not see in the natural. Open his eyes that he may see. Watch. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full. Oh, they had an army that compassed about. But when God opened the eyes of the servant, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. You know what that makes me think of? The angels of the Lord encampeth around about those that fear him. There's no place for fear. When you get a revelation, you get postured in relationship with God. Fear no longer has room. Not because you become full of self-confidence. Please don't misunderstand my communication this morning as though I'm full of self-confidence. No, I have a confidence in a God that cannot fail. I know where my strength comes from. I know where my faith comes from. I know where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Second Chronicles chapter 32. Watch. Verse number one. Different time in Israel's history. Hezekiah is king. He's torn down a bunch of altars from the king before him. He's serving God with his whole heart. He cleaned out the temple that had been let go. Sometimes you got to start there. Not the physical temple, this earthly temple, this temple. He cleaned all those things out. He rebuilt an altar to the Lord. He sacrificed again to the Lord. He did all these things that were pleasing to the Lord. He went and ripped down all the false idols throughout Israel. He did all this stuff. He did it, and the Lord was pleased. And guess what? After these things, read verse chapter 30, 31. After those two chapters, after Hezekiah did all of this stuff to please the Lord, honored the word of the Lord, offered sacrifices, offered burnt offerings, reclaimed, reclaimed the house of the Lord, spent money to get it back in proper repair. It had gone into disrepair. They had neglected it. Sent a word throughout the land declaring things about the word of the Lord. And there was a call to repentance and God honored it. Hezekiah served as a king that loved God and led the children of Israel in the ways of God. And after these things, isn't that when all the blessing comes? Yes, but after he'd done all that, after these things and the establishment thereof. So it wasn't just like on shaky ground, he'd been established. Israel's a nation fearing God again, calling on the name of the Lord. They have a, a godly king again. That's all established now. After the establishment thereof, Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, came. And he entered into Judah and he encamped against the fenced cities and thought to win them for himself. This is an attack of the adversary against the people of God after they have dedicated themselves afresh and anew to God. And when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib was coming, that he was purposed to fight against Jerusalem, he took counsel with his princes and his mighty men to stop the waters of the fountains, which were without the city, and they did help him. Little note here. I want you to, there, there's so much in these few verses. Notice, the king had the wherewithal to understand, well, the first thing we got to do is cut off anything that we've got that's feeding the adversary. You want to win a battle? The first thing you got to do is stop feeding the adversary. Stop giving him food to eat and water to drink. Don't give him fodder. 
So there was gathered much people together who stopped all the fountains and the brook that ran through the midst of the land, saying, Why should the kings of Assyria come and find much water? I'm not giving my enemy anything. So there was gathered much... Oh, verse 5. Also, he strengthened... Watch. He strengthened himself. So much stuff here. You go read it. He strengthened himself. He built up all the wall that was broken. He raised it up to the towers and another wall without or another wall beyond that. And he, there's so much patterns here. He strengthened himself. There's some things you got to do in strengthening yourself in the Lord. That's called taking personal responsibility for my walk with God. Some always want to lean on somebody else and we should lean on one another. That's the design of God. But we're meant to bear up one another. Not some people always be bearers up and other people always be leaners on. That wasn't planned, but there it is. Somebody needs to hear that. Strengthen yourself. He strengthened himself. He built the wall. You got to build some walls. Some things you're letting into your life, you want to win battles, you got to build walls. Notice he didn't just rebuild the wall. He built another wall after that. Telling you, there's so much in here. We just don't have time this morning. You got to build some walls. And you know what? In some places that I want to protect, I'm going to build more than one. Don't you think that's a little overkill? No, that place is precious. I built some walls around my children in my home. I don't mean physically, I mean spiritually. We put some things in place, and I even put some other walls beyond that. And you say, hold on, what are you talking about? It's about boxing them. I'm not talking about being some helicopter dad or something like that. My kids had a lot of freedom. I trust the Lord. I'm not going to fear the adversary doing something to my kids. I'm not going to give room to that. But I'm going to equip them. And I'm going to protect them. But I'm not going to fear what this world will do to them. I'm going to teach them about the power of God in them that they can operate in. Somebody hear me this morning. Fear is a terrible motivator. And if fear is your motive regarding your children or your loved ones... Get in a place with God and let Him begin to heal that and bring you an understanding. I don't operate from a place of fear. I operate from the place of the love that God has for me and the power that His love brings to me and to my children. And I'll put something in them that will keep them more than anything I can put around them. I had somebody, I was telling somebody the other day about sending our daughter over to India when she was still a younger teenager. Was that difficult for you? Was that? No. The city she was originally going to go to, they changed because there was a terrorist attack in it just a few weeks before she was supposed to go there. I know some people that when they heard that, they pulled their kids out of the trip. I don't fault them for that. To each parent their own, the Lord knows. We had prayed before she decided to go. I wasn't concerned that the adversary was raising his ugly head. Fear is a terrible motivator. Don't let it be. Let love be the motivator. We got to get back on track. So he built another wall without. He repaired Milo. That's like the landfill. That's what that word means, in case you wonder. Not like the dump landfill, like you think. Go study. And repaired Milo in the city of David and made darts and shields in abundance. So he's built walls. Now he's making weapons. You better get some weapons in your hand. The sword of the Spirit. It's the word of the Lord. Better get some weapons, some shields. Shield of faith. All right, verse 6. Remember, Sennacherib, the army, is coming against Jerusalem after they've dedicated themselves to the Lord you got to start doing some things after you dedicate yourself to say, I'm going to fight. I didn't make the progress I made just to lose it all to the enemy again. I'm going forward. I'm going deeper than I've ever been. I'm stepping into the things of God I've not walked in before. And I realize that means there will be adversaries along the way. I'm not going to be distracted. I'm stepping through the open door. Yes, there's adversaries. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Strengthen yourself. Build some walls. Take some weapons of warfare given to the Holy Ghost. 
And he set captains of war over the people and he gathered them together to him in the street of the gate of the city. And he spake, watch, he spake comfortably to them. What that tells me? There wasn't fear in Hezekiah's voice. Parents, this isn't about parents, this applies to parents, but all parents, spouses, those of you in any relationship whatsoever, which that means all of us, how you speak, you may be able to mask your fear, but when you speak, you can't take it out of your words, even if you think you do. And so you have to settle that in relationship with God. He has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Perfect love casts out all fear. Fear hath torment. Those that fear are not made perfect in love. I pray right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, a fresh revelation and understanding of the love that God has for you, for your loved ones, for your children, for your spouse, for your family. We will operate from that place in Jesus' name. Hezekiah spake comfortably to them. Watch what he said. I like this. Be strong. And courageous. Don't be afraid or dismayed for the king of Assyria. Nor for all the multitude that is with him. For there be more with us than with him. Oh, there it is again. There's something about. A child of God that gets postured with God, that gets an understanding and a revelation that realizes, you know what? When I'm walking with God, there are more with me than with the God of this world. Isn't that beautiful? Next verse. This is what you need to get. Verse 8. With him. Who's him? Him is Sennacherib, the king of Assyria. With him is an arm of flesh. Oh, he's got a great army. Oh, yeah, he's got a chariot. Oh, yeah, he's been camping out there. But he's all flesh. He's just operating in the flesh. With him is an arm. But with us, everybody say with us. With us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. I like this. And the people rested themselves. Is that what it says? Ah. I just saw that. They rested. Ah, hold on a minute. The enemy surrounding you. They're outnumbering you. The enemy has besieged you. You've seen wall. You built up walls. They're not going away. You've armed yourself. They're still there. The adversary. What's going on? The arm of the flesh is what they're operating in. But the spirit of the Lord is with us. The Lord, our God will help us. And look, they rested. What do you mean they rested? They rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. They rested in the word of the Lord. When you take hold of the word of God and you know it to be true and sure for yourself, the adversary can come in, but you can rest and hope in the word of God. The scripture is very clear. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. What does that mean? A standard was a flag and armies had flags and battalions had flags. And what would happen is when one part of the army was under attack, they could raise up a standard, their flag and across the battlefield. The other parts of their army could see there's a standard raised. It's a call to rally together against the enemy. And they would raise that flag and their compatriots would come to their aid. And all of a sudden they would begin to war. And over. So the flag was a sign. Come and help me. The battle's raging strong against me. But I need reinforcements. And the scripture says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard. 
against him. What does that mean? When the enemy, I'm telling you, these battles you're facing, take heart. The Spirit of the Lord raises a standard and reinforcements from the throne of God will come to my aid and yours because we did not raise it. The Spirit of the Lord raised the standard. You can read all these verses. We don't have time today. we got to hurry up and finish. Watch. After this, again, we're not going to read all. You can read all the way down, like 9 through 18, 19, all that. Sennacherib, when he saw this, he saw the walls, he saw this. So Sennacherib starts declaring things to them. Your enemy will talk to you. Your enemy will say things to you. Stop listening. Some of you believe the enemy more than you believe the Word of God. How do we know that? Because the enemy will say something to you and you'll get worried, cared about it. You'll get bogged down with it. You'll go, woe is me. You'll give all that attention to his voice. But you won't declare the word of God back and say, Satan, you're an idiot. The word of God says this. I know his word's true. You're a liar and the father of it. I'm done listening to you. You'll entertain his voice. He'll tell you all this negative stuff about yourself. He'll remind you where Israel was before Hezekiah came and cleaned things out. And you'll believe all that junk. Stop listening. Get in the Word and declare it to Him. So Sennacherib says all this. Oh, and he gets bold. He's like, oh, I know. Don't believe what Hezekiah said. He told you the Lord's going to fight for you. Oh, what? let me tell you. And he started telling about countries that Assyria had already destroyed. Where were their gods? Their gods didn't help them. Do you think your gods? And this is what the adversary will do. He'll come and he'll talk to you. Oh, do you think it'll be different for you? Look at this person over here. Look at what happened to them. The ad, this, is what it, this is what Sennacherib's doing. He's, tell, he's trying to rob them of faith that had come from the Word of God through the King. See, we see the enemy's devices here. Stop listening to and believing the father of lies. His Word is true. He starts saying, he's done this, but he hasn't done this. He's done this, but this hasn't happened yet. Who cares? He's not finished yet. He's still working on my behalf. As if that wasn't enough, he wrote letters and sent it throughout the land to get people to read it. Stop reading junk that doesn't edify you. Stop reading, watching, listening to stuff that doesn't build your faith. If it isn't building your faith, but it's getting you to doubt and fear and anxiety, stop. You say, but I need the news. Not that kind. Some of you would read. I'm not picking on you. There's a fire in my spirit. and I'm trying to light one under you. Some would have read that story that I referenced earlier about the Jalisco cartel and what's happening and all that stuff. You'd be like, oh my goodness. This is terrible. What's going to happen to our city? There's no hope. I prayed. I prayed. I prayed. I prayed. And I have more confidence in one abiding place of communion with God than all of the news that the adversary would throw my way. I am not troubled by the news. I simply say, so be it, adversary. I know that he that is with me is greater than he that is with you. I know that the Lord is on my side. What will I fear? I know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm not discouraged by I'm fired up by it. I'm provoked by it. I'm something stirred in my spirit by it. Why? Because I know who he is and I know whose I am. And he called me here. If he called me here, I refuse to sit idly by and just accept what the God of this world would try to do to destroy these valleys. I believe what I'm preaching to you this morning with awe of my heart. And I believe I can change 
the course of these valleys in the spirit world. If I'll just get with God and pray what he gives me to pray. Furthermore, Sennacherib sent people from Assyria. You know what they did? They went and stood. You can read all this in these verses we didn't read. He sent people to stand outside the walls. These Assyrians went and they stood outside the walls. And they started yelling. You don't believe, Hezekiah. The Lord's not going to deliver you. They started screaming these things, trying, trying to put fear in their hearts. I'll, I'll read it here in verse 18. They cried with a loud voice in the Jews' speech. They even learned the language of the Jew. The adversary will try to learn your language and speak in your... Don't think the adversary is going to come in some form. You're like, I'm not believing that. That doesn't even apply. Oh, no, 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 no. What the adversary will do, the adversary say, I'll find what will really get their goat. Anybody know that expression? Some of you do. Some of you are like, what in the world? I don't have a goat. What are you talking about? <laughs> There's a saying in the South that says, that really gets my goat, right? It means that really gets on my nerve. It really affects me. Somebody can say a certain thing, and it's like, ah! You know what I'm talking about? Don't raise your hand. Don't look at nobody. <laughs> right? You're like, man, that really gets me. That really... So, look, the adversary doesn't come. If, if you speak English or Spanish, the adversary doesn't come and say, I'll really get them. I speak Chinese, but I'll... And you're like, whatever. You ain't making no sense. No, whatever. Oh, no, no, no. The adversary will learn your language. He'll learn what affects your emotions. He'll learn what affects your mind. He'll learn the way to talk to you. And that's exactly what Sennacherib had his people do. Before you go to the walls outside of Jerusalem, I want you to learn their language. Learn how they talk. Learn what matters to them. And that's exactly what the Assyrian army did. They went and stood outside the walls and they began to speak to them in their own language. Oh, and not silently and softly. Notice, they cried out with a loud voice. And when you're going into a battle and you're fighting and the Lord strengthen you, there will be times the enemy's voice will seem so loud and it will come against your emotions and your mind. You got to take heart in the word of the Lord. You got to lay hold on the word of the Lord. You got to stand in the word of the Lord. Don't give ear to the adversary. How do I know if it's the adversary? I'll tell you how you know. It's contrary to the word of God. God is not a man that he can lie. So when you begin to hear, when you know you got a word from the Lord, don't go, well, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. I, you know, it sure seemed like it. I felt the power of the Lord. It seemed like it came right into my heart. It seemed like it reached right into my spirit. It was so clear for me. I laid hold all the joy that I felt when it was all the peace that I felt when it came. And then the adversary comes crying out all loud and you start believing that junk. You need to know, no, I know where I was when I heard from God. I know what I heard from God. I'm standing on the word. They cried with a loud voice in the Jews' speech to the people of Jerusalem that were on the wall. Why did they do it? To affright them, to make them scared, to trouble them. Why? They wanted to take the city. We are not ignorant of his devices. Man, we don't have enough time. Then they really crossed the line. Verse 19. This shows you how stupid the adversary really is. I'm not talking about people. We're not talking about flesh and blood. You understand. And they spake against the God of Jerusalem. There's something about your and my adversary that he always underestimates God. And I don't even know if he does. He really knows how powerful God is. But he knows if I can get them to believe that he's not as powerful as he is, I can win. And so he spake against the God of Jerusalem as against the gods of the people of the earth. Our God is not a God of the people of the earth like that. Little G. 
He's not some God we've created. He is the eternal, omnipotent, omniscient, living God. They tried to compare him to the works of men's hands that had made their own little gods. These are things the adversary will do. Skip down. Verse 21. You can read it in 20. Hezekiah and Isaiah, who was the prophet at the time, and Isaiah, they prayed and cried to heaven. Watch verse 21. And the Lord, everybody say the Lord. The Lord sent. What did the Lord send? How many? <laughs> it seems like you should say, the Lord sent a mighty host. That's what he did for Elisha. The Lord's like, meh, an angel will do. The Lord sent an angel. And this angel had specific direction and orders from God. We see it here borne out. And that angel cut off all. Everybody say all. He cut off all the mighty men of valor and the leaders and the captains in the camp of the king of Assyria. What did he do? I'll tell you what he did. The Lord said, I heard the cry of a king and I heard the cry of the prophet. And I heard the king declare in faith and I seen the life he consecrated and dedicated and the way he brought my people back. And now this foolish king is going to try to put fear and take someone that's leading my people towards me. I don't think so. And he sent an angel and the angel of God Cut off the head of the enemy. The leaders and the captains. Cut them off. I'm telling somebody, don't be dismayed in the battle. They that be with us are more than they that be with them. I understand you may get weary fight on. I understand it may seem like they are so many and you are so few. Oh God, anoint our eyes to see today. They that be with us are more. We are not ignorant of his devices. Through God we shall do valiantly for he it is that will tread down our enemies. Why don't you stand to your feet and begin to cry out to him. Someone know the battle you're facing. That which has come against you. Don't be dismayed. It's just simply an indicator. You're walking where God would lead you. The enemy wants you to give up because he sees the breakthrough that's in front of you. The enemy wants you to be weary and step out of the fight because he sees what's just in front of you. You must take heart. They that be with us are more. You're not operating in the arm of the flesh. You're operating by the leading and the guiding of the Spirit of God. If you get into a closet of prayer, if you declare the Word of God with authority, and I would that the Spirit of God would take us and lead us beyond our own little world, our home and our family. And that we would begin to see into the spirit world in these valleys and anywhere in the earth where He would lead us. Where we could pray with clarity and authority and the unction of God that says, I will not stand by. I will arm myself with the Spirit of the Lord. We will war a good warfare in the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, you need to hear this. You need to hear this. We're going to keep praying, but you need to hear this. Sennacherib, the king, the king that was leading those against the children of Israel. It's an interesting thing. That name Sennacherib actually means sin multiplied brothers. Sin multiplied brothers. You understand, the children of Israel under Hezekiah's leadership began to cut off their sinful ways. They began to step away from their sinful nature. They rededicated themselves to God. They reconsecrated themselves to God. And so the adversary, sin, 
said, I know what I'll do. I'll go multiply those to fight against them. Sin multiplied brothers. And they came against a people who had consecrated and dedicated themselves. You just got to know Sennacherib doesn't win. He does not win. I didn't finish reading verse 21. But you got to, so he, who's he? Sennacherib, the king of Assyria. He returned with shame of face to his own land. And watch. When he was come into the house of his God, they that came forth of his own bowels slew him there with the sword. That does for you. You know what that tells me? I've been praying this verse. God, the enemy tried to bring fear and destruction where you intend victory and a return, a restoration and reconciliation to you. I pray drive back the enemy with shame and cause the enemy's own offspring to turn on him. I'm not talking about flesh and blood. Please don't misunderstand. I'm not talking about flesh and blood. I'm talking about the spirit in the world where God works and operates. We see a pattern here. Look, Hezekiah and the armies of Israel never raised their hand of flesh to war against Sennacherib. All they did was declare the word of the Lord. They put things about their life that God had ordained them to do. They consecrated themselves to the Lord. And then they prayed. And then they prayed. And then they prayed. And God said, I've got this. I've got this. The scripture declares in multiple places, the battle is not yours. It is the Lord's. If you'll arm yourself with the weapons of God, if you'll get in a closet of prayer, stop belly aching and start interceding. Stop complaining and moaning and fearing and doubting and begin to pray in spiritual warfare. Declare the word of God with faith. I speak to sickness and disease. Your word says I'm healed. I speak to fear and doubt. I have faith in your word. Your love is perfect toward me. I speak to my loved ones that are on the outside. You're not willing that any would perish and your arm is not short. Come on, why don't you declare the word of the Lord today in faith? Ah, hear our cry, Lord. Hear our cry today. Hear the cry of your people. Ki ara 